Acts chapter 11, verse 1 to 18. The apostles and the brothers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, He went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Peter began and explained everything to them precisely as it had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheep being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds of the air. Then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could oppose God? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, God has granted even the Gentiles repentance unto life. Okay, so um, we had read verses 1 to 18 of chapter 11, but this morning we're going to be looking at all of chapter 10 and then those verses we just looked at then. Let's pray before we get into God's word. Father God, we pray that your spirit would guide us as we seek to understand your word this morning. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just after I finished my mechanics apprenticeship, I moved to Canberra. I moved to Canberra so that I could be closer to a young lady that I would later marry. Tamara was there studying at business college at the time, and we began going to a very big church. This church had quite a young congregation, which suited us because we were quite young at the time. But even though a lot of the people in this big congregation were around the same age as us, I found it really, really hard to fit in. Now, it wasn't because they weren't welcoming or really friendly because they were. There was a really friendly and loving congregation. The reason I found it so hard to fit into this quite big congregation was that I was a, a quiet mechanic from a small country town who had spent spend his weekends trying to make whatever car I owned at the time faster. While most of these young people that were my age were studying at university getting ready to do all sorts of incredible things with their lives. It was a friendly and welcoming church. 
but because I had almost no shared experience with the people that were my own age, I didn't feel like I belonged. No matter who you are, whatever you've done, or where you've come from, everybody wants to belong somewhere. A sense of belonging is something that we all crave. And it's usually our shared experiences that helps us to feel this sense of belonging. Get a group of farmers together, they'll have a great time talking about all the things they've been doing on the farm. Get a group of gardeners together, they'll be talking about all of their successes and their failures in the garden. So things we have in common that make us feel this sense of belonging to a group. But the group that the Bible refers to as the body of Christ or the church is by far the most diverse group in or on all of the earth. It consists of people from every nationality. Among them are people who speak just about every language, who have just about every occupation and who enjoy just about every kind of interest or hobby. They barely have any shared experience when it comes to work or culture or language or hobbies. So what is it that makes someone belong amongst such a diverse group of people? Well, that's what we're going to be thinking about as we go through these verses. Because these verses are showing us who it is that belongs in the body of Christ and why they belong. So firstly, if we belong in the body of Christ, it's because Christ has called us to himself. Now in chapter 10, we're introduced to a man named Cornelius. Cornelius was a centurion, which means that he was in charge of 100 Roman soldiers. He was an important man among his people. We're told that he and his whole family feared God. Now, that's an interesting term, isn't it, that they feared God? What that term means is that he and his whole family had accepted some aspects of the Jewish faith. They believed in the one true and living God. But Cornelius had not been circumcised. They had not accepted all of Judaism. Which means as far as the Jews were concerned, Cornelius was in some sort of religious no-man's land. On the one hand, he worshipped and served the living God. But on the other hand, he hadn't obeyed all of God's law. Cornelius no longer belonged amongst his own people because they worshipped many gods. But he also didn't belong amongst the Jews because he hadn't been circumcised. Despite the fact that Cornelius didn't really belong amongst the Romans or the Jews. God called this particular man, this non-circumcised Gentile, and his whole family to himself. At about three in the afternoon, Cornelius saw a vision of an angel calling out his name. When he first saw this angel, he froze in fear, not really knowing what he should do next. But when he composed himself, he said, What is it, Lord? And the angel replied, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. 
Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And Cornelius did exactly what the angel had told him to do. He sent men to the house of Simon the Tanner to go and find Peter and bring him back. Now, I didn't comment on the fact that Peter was staying with a tanner as we looked at these verses last week. But back in chapter 9, verse 43, it says, Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Seems like a flippant comment at the end of what was a quite an eventful passage, but it's actually quite significant. The job of a tanner, tanning animal skins, was required someone to be touching dead animals all the time. No self-respecting Jew would associate with a tanner because they were almost always perpetually, ritually unclean. Despite the stigma of being associated with a tanner, we're told that Peter stayed with Simon the Tanner for a long period of time. And so it's quite fitting that as God called this non-Jewish outsider like Cornelius to himself, Peter was staying in the home of a Jewish-born outsider who trusted in the Lord and who was called to himself. God was beginning to show Peter that belonging to God's people isn't about nationality or about keeping God's law or our ability to keep God's law, but about whether God has called us to himself through faith in his son. Secondly, if we belong to the body of Christ, it is because Christ has declared us clean. Around noon the following day in Joppa, At the house of Simon the Tanner, Peter went up onto the roof to pray. And he did this while somebody was preparing a meal for him because he was hungry. And while he was praying, God gave him a vision of a sheet being lowered down from heaven, held by its four corners. And on this sheet was all kinds of four-footed animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter replied, surely not, Lord. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The Lord said, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Now in verse 16, it says that this happened three times. Three times Peter heard God say, kill and eat. And I'm sure three times Peter also cried out, surely not, Lord. Now the wide range of animals that would have been on this sheet as it appeared to Peter would have included both clean and unclean animals, according to the law given to Israel in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 11 lists all of the animals that were either clean according to God's law, or unclean. God had given these clean animals to Israel and set them apart from the unclean animals as a way of separating them from the nations that lived around them. It wasn't as though 
eating these unclean animals was bad for their health. The Israelites were told not to eat certain animals as an act of worship in obedience to the Lord. By not eating certain animals, they were displaying the fact that they had been set apart for God, that they had been set aside as his holy people. And so it isn't hard to understand why Peter, who would have had this Levitical law drummed into him his whole life, it's not hard to understand why he found this so hard to accept. But as God gave Peter this vision, he was showing Peter that through the completed work of Christ on the cross, this separation between the Jews and those who aren't Jews had been taken away. God's people were no longer set apart from the nations around them. They were from every nation through faith in God's Son. While Peter was quietly reflecting on what he had just seen in this vision, the men that Cornelius had sent to him turned up at Simon the Tanner's front door. These men told Peter all about Cornelius's vision and how they'd been sent to go and get him. And Peter, knowing that these men had been sent by God and beginning to understand the symbolic nature of the vision that he had just seen, now understood that he should not call anything unclean that God has called clean. And so he did what no devout Jew should ever do. He invited these non-Jewish men into his house as his guests. Thirdly, if we belong to the body of Christ, it is because Christ's spirit, the Holy Spirit, dwells in us. The following day, Peter, along with some Jewish believers from Joppa and men, the men that Cornelius had sent to him, headed out from Joppa to Caesarea. And when they arrived, they found that Cornelius had called all of his friends and relatives to come and hear what Peter had to share. And as Peter entered the room where all of these people were waiting to hear what he had to say, he said, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. And after Cornelius had shared all about his vision, Peter began to share the good news of Jesus with Cornelius and his friends and family. He began by saying in verse 34, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And so he explained the good news of Jesus to these God-fearing Gentiles. And while he was still speaking to them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, just as it had done to the Jews at Pentecost. They began speaking in languages that they had never learnt. When the Jewish believers, refers to them as the those who were circumcised in the passage, as the Jewish believers from Joppa, who had come with Peter saw, 
the Holy Spirit falling on these Gentiles, on these uncircumcised Gentiles, they were absolutely astonished. This didn't fit in any theological category they had. These Gentiles who were once considered unclean by the Jews had been declared clean by God because of their faith in Jesus. And when Peter saw that these non-Jewish believers had received the Holy Spirit, he gave the order for them to be baptised, to be baptised in the name of Jesus. Now, what had taken place that day in the house of Cornelius was such a radical change in the thinking for these Jews that it didn't take very long for word of this to get all around Judea. So Peter had to return to Jerusalem to address the concerns of his fellow Jews. When he arrived, some of them criticised him in chapter 11, verse 3. You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter told them about the vision that God had given him, how God had told him not to call anything unclean that God has made clean, and also how Cornelius had seen the angel, how he'd shared the good news and seen these non-Jewish believers have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. Peter says in verse 17, So if God gave them the same gift as he gave us, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could oppose God? When the Jewish believers heard this, they had no further objections because they recognised that this was the hand of God. What we're seeing in these verses is God showing the early church who it is that belongs amongst the body of Christ. These verses show us that the dividing line between those who belong and those who don't isn't nationality or race. It isn't circumcision. It isn't obedience to ritual purity laws. In fact, it isn't any outward physical sign including baptism. The dividing line between those who belong and those who don't is faith in the saving work of Jesus. And the evidence of this faith in their lives. And so if God has declared those who trust in his son clean and given them the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who are we to put up man-made barriers between those Christ has called his own? If we are members of the body of Christ, then we are united by Christ's life, death, and resurrection. We are united by a common hope, a common faith in what Christ has done for us. And so whether we're interested in the same things, whether we have any shared experience apart from our experience with Christ is immaterial. If the completed work of Christ has removed the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile, we should be very careful not to put up any man-made walls 
between those Christ has united by his blood. Now, these verses also show us that we cannot put God in a box. Peter had grown up a Jew. He was called by Jesus to be amongst the 12 disciples who would later be called apostles. He had spent three years personally being taught by Christ himself. Peter thought that he knew how to please God. But as God showed him this vision and poured out the Holy Spirit on the Gentiles, Peter realised that he could not put God into a box. And if the apostle Peter could have his understanding of God stretched, then as followers of Jesus, we should be willing to submit our understanding of God to the authority of his word, to keep going back to it, to keep testing our understanding of who he is so that it is grounded in what God has told us. Today, if you have faith in Christ and what he has done for you, be encouraged because God has declared you clean. He has given you his spirit and he has called you to himself. And so you do belong among his people. Whether that be in our town or anywhere, those who trust in Jesus worship God faithfully. We won't always have the same shared experiences with other believers. We won't always share the same culture, the same types of work, even the same languages. But if we have faith in Christ, we have been united by something that is so much better, the knowledge that we have been forgiven through the blood of God's Son and that he has declared us clean. Let's pray. Father God, we confess that we all have our own prejudices that sometimes keep us separated, that sometimes make us struggle to reach out to others. Though we confess that we have often tried to put you in a box, Lord, you cannot be put in a box. Your love is greater than we understand. The forgiveness we have received is much more vast than we could ever grasp. And the hope we have in you is so much greater. Today, Lord, we, we praise you because you have declared us clean. Even while we continue to fail to live up to your standards. Help us to live in the light of the forgiveness you have shown us and help us to show that same grace and mercy to those who trust in you. Help us not to put up dividing walls between those who trust in you. Help us to give you the glory, all the glory for what you have done in us. Through Jesus' name we pray. Amen.